you have to charge for your time or you're not even really respected and you're not even respecting your own time. Hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm one of your therapists, Phil. Oh my gosh, therapist. Mm-hmm. And who what, are you? I'm, and I guess yeah, I'm, I'm an proud. I'm a therapist too. I'm Lauren. You're th- you're a therapist, Lauren, and we <laughs> but are brand therapists. To clarify, so we help wait, I need to interrupt here. To clarify, we are not licensed professionals. If you are having fleeting thoughts or feelings of depression, seek another channel immediately. You don't want us. <laughs> okay, continue, Phil. I just needed to we are, protect we ourselves. Are, we are brand therapists. What's that, you ask? Well, maybe you have some challenges with your business or your brand or you want some advice. You are in the right place. And let me tell you even more why you're in the right place today. Because we're talking money, money, money. We are. We are. We're, we're getting money. deep into money today. I love money. I love being deep into money. I love That's it. That's why you go to Do Columbia so often. Because <laughs> you feel true. like a millionaire. We, exactly. Because my money stretches farther. Because it has to offset the ridiculous expense, cost of living in London. So I'm currently escaping the world in Colombia, where, let me give you an example, okay? I spent a lot of money on my dinner yesterday, relative, because I ordered it on Uber Eats, because I was in the mood for something fresh, and I was working on my slide presentation for upcoming conferences, and I thought, I don't really want to disrupt this moment to go walk down the street and get a Poke Bowl, so I spent the equivalent of $9.53. I just converted it in for you. Oh my gosh. Um, That's what I spent. Do you think it's worth it? I think it is. You know, I think it is too. I read in a, I'm going to butcher his last name, but whatever, James Altucher book recently. And he talked about how millionaires spend money on things that will save them time or on things that will bring them rest and like help with their overall relaxation. So if you are someone who doesn't like cooking, or if you're in the middle of working and your time is valuable, then yes, the $9.53 is totally worth it. Thank you, James, for Thanks, approving James. my Poke Bowl. <laughs> Please now approve my massage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. Natasha is an expert on the podcast. We wanted to call her and get her opinion on this because she's so sweet. We love her. Love her. We love her. In this career, we've worked with a lot of interior designers over the years. and. I think it's a really tough industry to be in, but I admire how Natasha, who is part of DRC showroom, shout out to Pam as well. These two, we have Natasha on the podcast today, but these two are incredible. They're talented, but they're successful. And they've become successful being able to price and being able to put value on their time. And that's the discussion we get into very specifically today. Yeah. And adding on to that, especially when you're working in a creative industry, like if you're decorating someone's home, charging by the minute or the hour is a very challenging thing to do. Like being on the the client side, if you're finding that someone's taking their time, finding the perfect curtains or whatever, and then you get a big invoice for the time it took to pick things out without even buying them, that's a really difficult conversation to have and and often a difficult pill to swallow. So our hope Mm -hmm. is that by having Natasha on the podcast today, we're able to figure out 
her strategy for navigating those situations and for properly billing for her time while also maintaining and strengthening client relationships. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Let's get right to this conversation with our dear friend and talented, extraordinaire interior designer, Natasha. Well, this is pretty exciting. Our dear friend Natasha is on the phone. Natasha, welcome. Hi, guys. We are super happy to be chatting with you today because, well, let me give you a few reasons. Reason number one, you're one of my most watched Instagrammers on my account. <laughs> and I'd love to give you all the- My Nikolai story. Exactly. I'd love to give you all the credit for it. But it's Nikolai, you're the most adorable baby in the world who is literally always happy and smiling. And I'm not one Thank for like you. mom baby accounts. Babies don't really do it for me. I love Labrador retrievers. Like I, I like dogs. I don't like babies. But let me make one giant huge exception. And he is so freaking cute. <laughs> Thank you. And so we've worked together in the past. We've worked together on projects and branding. And you are one of the owners at DRC Showroom, uh, multiple locations. You are an interior designer. Lauren and I were chatting. We get a lot of guests on the show that are looking for some therapy a lot of times in industries that are creative. And a big part of it is, well, how do you make money as a creative? And we thought... This is fun to get you on the phone because we know you listen to the podcast and now you get to be a guest on it and shed some light on this this challenge. So welcome. Thank you. Well, like that's so exciting because literally this is one of the things that I think I'm good at answering questions about, but I also struggled with it so much as you know, starting out in the design industry because money is a hard thing to talk about and charging for your time. And especially as a creative person, you know, we tend to be always critical of our own work and like perfection is the enemy of good. So you're always like, well, I'm not quite there yet. So I can't really charge what I think I should charge. And, you know, it's just, it's a big, scary thing. And I feel like even the biggest designers and the top names in the industry, like everybody still has that. Well, what are you doing? Like, how are you doing it? Am I doing it right? Like, what's your thing? Are you charging hourly? Are you not charging hourly? Like, is there one fee? So it's kind of like demystifying that within the industry is, I think, always a hot topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you've always been, you're really, really smart because you've gotten your hands on a bunch of different things and you have multiple income streams. So talk to us about that. Is that something that you'd advise for any creative? So it kind of started out where I was designing and I had a small client base. I worked at a retail place and I had a few clients that wanted to work with me independently. And I was always scared of going outside of there, especially because I hadn't gone to design school yet. I went to UCI for film and media, but I never was ready to call myself a designer and I had clients ready to hire me. And I was like, well, how the hell am I going to charge for my time? Like, how will I charge for my time if I'm not a certified designer, if I haven't gotten the certificate and I haven't gone to school for it? So one of the things I had to do was a certificate program. I went to IDI in Newport and I just studied interior design so that I would be able to say I'm an interior designer. That was one of the things that I just, I didn't necessarily need the education to be creative and to do the work, but I needed it to be able to have that seal of approval and say, I am a designer. It makes sense. You needed it to feel like right for the role. Yeah, it's like so, 
some of it is like faking it till you make it and being confident and just showing up even when you've only done two projects like having the confidence to say like I can do this and I'm your girl and yeah you can't see all the work I've done but let me show you by like working with you who I am and how I'm going to help you and then the other half is like if you don't have the confidence because you can't just fake it till you make it and you're not a natural salesperson then do the things that get you to the point that you feel comfortable, get some experience, work for someone else, get that knowledge, go to school, do that program, even if it's an online course or whatever, read books and just get that knowledge. Because I remember, Phil, one of the things I remember talking about with you and Kelly Ellis was claim what's true, which is like, I'm an expert. You know, I am an interior designer. I am a creative. I'm an expert. I'm the person in my field that you should come to. And this is why you should pay me. But in order to do that, sometimes you feel like you need the certification behind that. So if you're one of those people that needs the certification, then please, by all means, go to school, get that. One of the challenges, because you're creative and you're also a really nice person. Pricing is one of the scariest things. And I've talked to a lot of designers about how they do it. And I think it's kind of a unanimous thing that in the beginning, you kind of want to be like one flat rate, because that's what people complain about. People complain that, oh, you know, I, I designers or, you know, photographers or whoever, like they give you these vague descriptions of what their time is. And, you know, I just need to know how much is it going to cost me to do my living room? And the answer that I give clients, like there's really not a clear answer for that. It depends on you, the client. So I believe so strongly in charging hourly and charging for my time because in the past, 10 years ago, you could charge a lot for product. You could make up what you're not making up in your hourly by selling them product and by making a markup on things. But to be honest, it's like feels much better to be transparent and honest with your clients and just say, hey, this is what the products cost and I can actually get you a designer discount. But in order for me to help you and for me to spec all these products and for me to give you that time, I need to charge for my time because like this is a business at the end of the day people know you're not doing it for charity you're doing it because you're making a living and if I didn't charge for my time I would have to be working somewhere else and I would be too busy to help you anyway I remember working one summer at Bloomingdale's and I was like oh my god I'm actually too busy to even do the hobbies on the side so I would have to be able to make enough money to cover my bills in order to help people with the side projects so it's like I started to have clients that wanted to pay me enough for me to leave my jobs in retail. So it's kind of one of those things where you have to charge for your time or you're not even really respected and you're not even respecting your own time. And you have to create boundaries and learn how to say no. And I know it sounds really easy to say charge for your time, but even if you're not necessarily charging for all of your time, you need to track your time and you need to let people be aware of what it is. So I know I'm just like going on tangents here, but there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could do it, but I think getting to know the person and the project and then assessing the needs from there. So if I have a client that comes to me and says, I really just want you to pick the furniture for my living room. Like, tell me what this would cost me. I have paint on the walls and I have a blank slate. Okay. Like I think for a typical living room, it will co- it'll take me six hours to spec all of the items for you. I'll do a simple space plan. I'll show you what that looks like. My hourly fee is two twenty-five an hour. If you buy in bulks of hours or if you're signing a contract for multiple months, then we can negotiate, you know, maybe something a little bit discounted. But 
primarily like if you want to buy six hours of my time, I'm going to give you these suggestions. I'm going to give you a roadmap. This is what it's going to look like. Like here's the contract for six hours. And if it goes beyond six hours, then I will bill you from there. I'll let you know when we're coming up on the six hours. And if you want to do less than six hours, if somehow you, I mean, there's not really less than six hours. I don't know why I'm even saying that. But if I'm doing a larger amount, if it's like 20 hours and they think, oh, you think this is going to take you 20 hours, but what if it only takes you 14? Well, then I will credit you back those other six hours that weren't used. I will literally write you a check and give it back to you. But I think it's really important to be able to say like, this is the chunk of time I think it's going to take me to do this. And that's not like set in stone. It's what I think it will take for this amount of time. Like even if you're a photographer and you know, what do you think it's going to take? You're going to be with the person for three hours shooting photos and then you're going to edit for what, two hours? I'm not sure. I'm not even a photographer. I don't know why I'm giving advice on that industry, but I feel like you calculate all the time that it should take you. But then what if that client comes back to you and says, oh, I really didn't like how this photo looks so bright and light. I wanted it to be more moody and dark. Okay, so you're going to go back and edit. How much more time does that cost? And, you know, kind of factoring in the normal things that you would expect and putting your contract like, oh, up to two revisions or this includes three different looks. So if I'm giving you your living room and I charged you the six hours for your space plan and your furniture suggestions, and my advice and, you know, my color concept, here you go. Does that also include the meetings? Well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I only used four hours to spec all of it. And so, yeah, I'm including the meeting in it. I usually could do that in six hours. I'll come measure, spec, and then have the meeting. But other people, you know, certain people like to have a really long meeting. They want to talk through every single thing. And that's where you kind of have to include, like, this will be one, it'll be the first meeting of 30 minutes of measuring and me checking out your space and I'll kind of talk to you about the space. I'll see what your needs are. Then I'm going to go home. I'm going to work on it. It may not be that day, but it's going to be over that week. And in one week, you'll hear from me. We'll have our scheduled meeting. We can have a phone call to chat about it. And then we'll have a one hour sit down meeting where we review it together and we can go through the proposal, whether it's the way that Phil and I like to do things, but it's like on the phone with a PDF and you're clicking through it and looking at the pages, or if you actually like to meet in person because you want to see some fabrics and textures and, you know, with design, it's hard to kind of do that virtually, though it is possible. You know, I schedule in that and I say it's an hour-long meeting for us to go through these things. But if you need more than an hour, that's okay. That'll just be additional. And, you know, people like to know what that is. And they like to know, okay, I can pay for more time if I need it, but this is what the expectations are. Like the biggest thing to me is setting expectations and then try to go above and beyond without going outside of the boundaries that you've set. You know, don't just throw in extra hours because nobody asked for that. You know, if I say it's going to take me six hours, yeah. Like if I go back to them the next week and I say, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry it took me long to get this to you. And it actually took me eight hours, but I'm only billing you for six. They're like, okay, like, why did you even tell me that? I feel like that's a thing with the creative world too, is we sometimes have a difficult time putting a gauge on how much time it will take us. And then you sometimes feel awkward going back to the person and, you know, letting them know like, oh, I actually spent eight hours instead of six. You have to really get to know yourself and you have to 
be yourself. So you have to be confident. Like, I know I am a nice person or, you know, I could be a pushover in some ways or I can get too friendly and I'll become friends with people. And suddenly I'm sitting there talking about what my favorite shampoo and blushes. And I'm like, oh my God, I just spent an hour talking about my hair with her. And I told her I'm coming over for an hour. So I literally like, I will back it out of my time. I take that into account and I'm like, okay, I will write like two hours, you know, two hour visit at the house, but then I'll write on the bill, like deduct one hour, like personal chatting or whatever. Like I make it, it's almost, I mean, because it is a creative field and it's like a one-on-one type of feeling. My invoices can have personalized things in them. I'll literally write like deducted one hour for like you are babysitting my child or, you know, something funny just to like, you're putting it in there and they're realizing like, if you went to a therapist and they talked about themselves for 20 minutes, you'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I paid you for this. But, you know, with a designer, there's this, they're helping you, but they're your friend and you've let them into your intimate life, but there still needs to be a boundary. And I think the more you can inform the client and give them that information on paper of like, here's the times that we're going to meet. And then this is what it costs you extra, or this is what I deducted, or hey, I did do eight hours of this, but let me let you know that since I only was going to bill you for six, I gave you two hours free. Just put it on their bill. You don't have to have some awkward conversation about it. Yeah, I can remember. I've obviously, to live in the U.S., had to work with an immigration attorney because I'm Canadian. And I can remember going in for my first meeting with my attorney and he was amazing. He's since passed. Bless his heart. He was amazing. And he was just this crotchety, but savvy, like, you know, just straight shooter. And I walked in and I was a bit nervous. And he said, sit here. You've got a 15 minute meeting with me. And it's complimentary. And the way he said it, very, it made it very clear that every interaction thereafter was not complimentary. But I really appreciated that moment. Smart. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was. He told great. me before he had even sat down. I sat in the chair and he was as he was sitting, he said, you've got a 15 minute meeting with me right now. And it's complimentary. I love that. I know. I actually gave you it was like, hey, I'm just letting you know that if this goes beyond 15 minutes, like I don't mind chatting with you, but time is money, dude. Exactly. Time is money. And, yeah. and while it may feel uncomfortable, because I don't say that on our intro calls. And now after this conversation, I'm thinking maybe I should find a way to say it in a very fill way. Hey, thank you so much for taking time to chat. We got 15 minutes today. This is a complimentary intro call. So we'll we'll explore the possibility of collaborating. Tell us your goal in a few sentences so we can understand how maybe we can work together. There. Like, why don't I say that? What I just said would be so great. But like to state your expectation. Yeah, honestly, that's perfect. Yeah. No, it's great. And it sometimes, you know, it depends when you're working with other creatives. There's kind of this tendency like, because I'm someone that builds for my time, I appreciate it. I feel like the way that you and Lauren do it, it's very clear to me. Everything was so cut and dry and yet super friendly and felt intimate. And like, you were really getting to know our brand to be able to help us and to brand us. But it did not feel at all like, oh my God, I have no idea how much money this is going to cost. Like, it was very clear. And if I wanted to add certain things, like, there it was, like, written in black and white and if I didn't understand it I was able to ask you for more and I think a lot of times people are scared of giving like too much information or not enough information and it's kind of like it goes with your personality like I'm a very wordy talkative person when I write emails they are very long and descriptive so sometimes I give them like more information than they need 
And clients can always just come back to me and ask me about it. Like, wait, what does this mean that if I live more than an hour away, you're going to charge me for your driving time? And like, I'll just explain it to them. And I, you know, I used to say, I don't bill for phone calls. And then I realized I had certain clients that would literally call me and talk to me for an hour every night. And it would be like 9.30 p.m. And my husband was losing it. Like, why does everybody think this is okay? I'm like, well, I'm a night owl and they know that. So they don't call me at 6 a.m. They call me at night. He's like, I know, but that's not normal. Like, Pop, are you billing (laughs) them for this? And I was like, well, no, I I feel bad. And like, I don't want to talk to them at 6 a.m. And, you know, I was always saying like, I feel bad. And he's like, why do you feel bad? Like they're, you know, kind of it's that one thing that like, the only people, people want you to have boundaries because they want you to explain to them what is it that I need to do to not piss you off as a client. I always tell my accountants like, oh my God, I'm the this client right now. Like, let's say I'll use like a different name for someone, but let's say like Kimmy, like, oh my God, I'm being such a Kimmy right now. And it's like, Kimmy is a client that I have let take advantage of me over the years. And maybe because they're a great client and maybe because they've referred a lot of people, but you know, you never want to be that person. So you don't want that client and you don't ever want to be that client. So like, think of your clients and the people that you're trying to charge. They just want to understand like, what is it that I'm going to get from you and how much does that cost? Yeah. Makes sense. I always try to think of like a restaurant. This is so silly, but I get really uncomfortable with, with money and charging too. But I thought, to myself, like if what we were offering creatively was instead something you could order at a restaurant, it's like if you want extra guacamole at Chipotle, you pay two dollars. You don't like that's the price. That's what it is. That's how much it costs. This is how things go. It's just how my brain works. But it helps. take. No, you have no idea. I worked for like one month. Well, I shouldn't have worked there because I did not have the qualifications, but somehow I convinced them that they should <laughs> hire me. <laughs> I was a cocktail waitress in a sports bar it was during college and I literally had a hard time like I would go to the kitchen I'd be like um these people want a side of vegetables and they're like well did you put it in the computer like what do you mean they want a side of vegetables like if you put it into the thing it will we will show you your side of vegetables I was like well it's two dollars and I just thought like can we just (laughs) give them the celery and carrots for free and they were like what it was you know I think back to that time a lot of times like I was so I had such a hard time I didn't want to tell the person that asked me, like, can we get some more carrots? You know, like the kids were sitting there eating the carrots and celery with the buffalo thing and was done and they wanted more carrots. And they're like, can we get some more carrots? And I would be like, sure, let me go get some for you. No problem. And then I was like, oh, my God, do they know I'm going to charge them? So then I was like, oh, I'll just go to the cook and I'm, you know, or the people in the back and I'll tell them I need the carrots. They're like, you need to put it in the computer. And, you know, it finally occurred to me, like, if you're scared for them to find out later that you charge them $2, like, just let them know now. Like, yeah, that's fine. I can get them for you, but it's going to be two more dollars. Are you okay with that? If you are nervous about it, talk about it. Or just put it on the bill because people expect to pay two more dollars for the extra side of veggies. Like, it's a strange thing, but it's like the more you do it, the more you get in the habit of it and it becomes natural and a lot of times it takes like screwing up a few times to be able to like have that confidence and be able to say, no, no, let me tell you when I did it the way where it was a flat rate, like you will resent me. I will resent you. We will not want to work together. This will end up a disaster. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Now, Natasha, you work a lot. 
I remember you were in labor answering and responding to work emails. And um, <laughs> so given that, we like, time, very <laughs> I know it was important, but I would think we can all agree that not every woman would be responding to work emails while like in labor at the hospital. And so you're so dedicated and you obviously love what you do. But I wonder, like, how do you know when something is worth the time? Like, for example, you also co-own a major store. When you started off with that venture, how did you know that you would have the time for that and that it was worth the risk? You know, the scary thing is like sometimes you just bite off more than you can chew and then you have to figure it out. So I actually decided I was working on my biggest project ever, a 15,000 square foot ground up remodel. I mean, ground up construction, like brand new construction of a house. That was the biggest custom project I've done. And I was like in the beginning months of it. And that's when the opportunity came to partner with Pam and open DRC because I was previously one of their customers. I was a designer that shopped there. And then I became a buyer for them. One thing led to another. I thought she wanted to fire me one day. She wanted to talk to me. And turns out she just wanted to partner with me and open a showroom in San Diego. So that, you know, I couldn't say no to that. I was like very much excited about that. I felt like this is definitely what I need to do. And I had already signed on for the brand new construction job. I had a few other clients that I could never let down. You know, they were my good clients for six years or more. And I also was planning a wedding. So in the same year we were opening DRC San Diego, I was working on a construction project that was insane. And I was planning my wedding. And I think I was sleeping like three and a half to five hours max a night. And it was psycho. Like literally I had to bite it off way more than I could chew. I like lost 20 pounds. I was eating Quest bars and licorice because those were the only <laughs> things that were in the showroom. And oh, no. <laughs> people were like, oh my gosh, your wedding diet. Like you look so great. I was like, ah, yes, it's called anxiety. Like there's no time to sleep. There's only Quest bars. Like there's no food close to the showroom. And I was like a one woman show. Like that was, that was, you know, now we have a team of 15 in San Diego, but at the time it was, Tom and I opening the showroom and we had Lauren, our, she's currently our director of sales and operations, but she was, you know, our one manager and salesperson and we had one other salesperson. So I literally would end up sleeping in the showroom some nights, like not kidding. It would be five in the morning. And I was like, I will have to just lay down and take a nap on this Bella Robia chase real quick because I have to drive home and I am too tired. But, you know, it literally was biting off more than I could chew and saying yes to everything. Because I feel in the beginning, you have to say yes to everything. You you do all those opportunities that are the free portfolio building things. And then there becomes a point when you're like, oh God, why am I providing free consultations when I don't have any hours left in the week? Like it wasn't until I had no more time left that I realized, okay, you're killing yourself. You can't do this. Also, my dad would like call me and say like, you realize that you're a newlywed. You have to go home. Like, it's one in the morning, your husband will divorce you. And, you know, I come from a family of workaholics. I feel my dad is a workaholic, but I mean, it's because it's part of who you are. You know, it's like, I don't mean to always be working. If somebody told me like, you will answer emails while you are in labor, I'd be like, you're insane. Like I'm, when I'm in labor, I'm just going to be like asking for the drugs and I'm just going to be laying there, like enjoying my five minutes of life before I have a baby. But in the moment, you know, things that are important to you, you prioritize and you know, like what is urgent. And I knew our website was urgent, but 
my client asking about a memo sample that was not urgent and my assistant or somebody else could take care of it. So I think saying no and setting boundaries are two of the biggest advice things for people that are creative and working and you already have clients. So it's a lucky. process, right? Like you evolve and it's a marathon, not a sprint. So like yes. you got to start you got to prove yourself, proof of concept we talk about a lot on this. And as you earn the ability to evolve, as you earn the ability to start charging money for things you had to do previously for free in school or as soon as you graduate to build a portfolio, and then you chip away, even like starting to charge more. Maybe you've reached a point where maybe you've invested back in your business so you can do a better job and charge more money for what you offer. We've raised our prices many times over the years and do it usually through branding. So it's less awkward. Well, I just feel like you've shared a lot of really useful things on this, particularly for creative. So good questions to ask yourself, things to think about and ways to make the whole thing less awkward. You know, I think that's been really valuable. So thank you so much for your time. I, I know, by the way, you have to catch a flight to Paris pretty soon, right? Oh, yes, I'm waiting for them to like knock on my door and be like, remember you said you were going to be on the phone for 20 minutes and then you just yeah. talking. <laughs> well, we we will let you head to Paris. and and But before that, thank you so much for shedding light on this topic. It's been wonderful to chat. And best of luck over there, over here, sure. I should say. I hope it's helpful. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to inspired. Amazon to shop at Market. Yay! I mean, it's the craziest thing. I never, like, I didn't ever realize this is where I would be. And now I get to go to Paris to shop at the furniture market, like Fashion Week for Furniture. And it's insane. And it's just because, like, one thing led to another and you just build on it and be yourself and say yes, yes, yes. And then learn to say no and just, Hustle. Love it. Love it. You guess for sure. You guys are totally inspiring and you're the same way. And I just love it's one of those things like you just connect with the people that inspire you and make you feel good and help with your make you better. Like you guys are amazing branders and just, you know, gurus of business, I feel. Well, thank you for the kind words and for your time and for joining us on Brand Therapy and best of luck in Paris. And we'll chat with you soon. Thank you. I know. Hopefully I'll see you there. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> we'll talk. Safe flight. Chat soon, Natasha. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. That was so refreshing. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I also like that she was just honest about her own struggles with that. Like... It's kind of fun to talk to someone who says, wow, that's been a challenge, but I'm now in the space to talk about it because I've been through those challenges. I love that that is what happened. Me too. And a lot of people have called in. We've talked about pricing a lot on this show, but even when she said that she's a firm believer in charging hourly, I like grimace. That's still something that that you and I are working on and don't feel comfortable doing. So it really made me think about the confidence and delivery, like how important that delivery is to your client to be able to stand up for yourself, but at the same time, be fair to everyone involved with the service. Well, and it's, I guess it's like charging money isn't mean. Why do we associate charging money with being mean? Like in the way that she was illustrating 
how important it is to communicate upfront the benefits of that, being really clear, managing expectations. Actually, it's the opposite. It is friendly. It's welcoming. Draw the lines in the sandbox so people can exist within it. It's that same concept. It doesn't have to be mean just because it's money and it's sensitive and it's personal and it's scary. It's not mean. Charging money is not a mean thing. No, it's not at all. And when she said that the amount of time she spends with a client depends on the client, like she outright says that depends on you. This like light bulb went off for me. And I realized like for for the clients that we have that are really difficult with revisions and wanting to go back and forth, it's our responsibility to make it clear at the beginning that we will help them. We love helping them. But at the same time, the amount that it's going to cost is depend on on how picky they are. Completely. Yeah, completely. In general, I think we can all evaluate and find room for improvement, right? On the way we communicate our pricing. And so I guess to sum up that thought, you know, for creatives, where your work can be a little bit more challenging to communicate in terms of structure, communication, 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 that is what will get you over this hurdle. End of story. Definitely. Well, if you've enjoyed this chat, Natasha, by the way, thank you for hanging out with us. I mean, that was really beneficial for the listener, for us. If you've enjoyed this conversation, make sure, A, you find Natasha on Instagram, mostly for cute baby photos. And B, tag us at Phil Palin at the Lauren Moore. What is Natasha's handle again? I think it's her full name. Natasha, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Natasha Manasian. That's how I pronounce it. I don't know if that's right, though. Exactly. N-A-T-A-S-H-A, Natasha Manasian, M-I-N-A-S-I-A-N. That's true. I've never said it out loud. I've always just typed it. Or is it Manasian? I don't know. Sure. Well, that's it. We'll need to clarify. Yeah, that's it. And (laughs) follow Natasha. She's got an awesome Instagram feed in the cutest child. And Natasha, thank you. Tag us at Phil Palin at the Lauren Moore to continue the conversation. Hashtag brand therapy. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what to do. Go to iTunes, leave a little review, little review. We look at those and they also help other people find this podcast so that others will benefit from conversations like this. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And every time that you come and hang out with us on brand therapy, we'll see you back next week. Brand new episode. We'll see you then. Can't wait. And here's a little preview of our next episode. My biggest challenge is now to start growing the company uh, beyond my name.